My name is Kath. If you've not met me before, it is really good to meet you. I'm part of the staff team here at KXC. And this time last year, I remember I was standing on a beach in Australia with my family surrounding me, looking out at the ocean, thinking about what 2020 might hold. And here I am today. It's been a slightly different celebration this year, but it's not to say I didn't love our um, karaoke session for two, Anna Mason, thank you, it was a joy. Um, but in all seriousness, as we start this new year, fresh new year, I really felt like the spirit said, we need to talk about hope. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And usually when we start a fresh new year like this, it's all about our hopes for the year ahead, isn't it? We want, we, we're looking forward, thinking about what we might want to see happen. We're making some plans, maybe setting some fresh vision. But honestly, guys, after the year that we've had, rebounding from disappointment to disappointment, so much grief all around, hope can actually feel like a painful or even a foolish concept. So that's why I felt like it was important to talk about it today. And we might feel like that because we often view hope as just some kind of wishful or positive thinking. And quite frankly, in this year, wishful or positive thinking just doesn't cut it anymore, does it? In fact, if someone just came up to us and said, just think positive, we might actually be tempted to slap them in the face. Yeah. But our hope, guys, as followers of Jesus, is meant to be so much bigger than this, so much bigger than wishful or positive thinking, so much more solid. It is something powerful and alive. It says in 1 Peter that Jesus has given us this new birth into a living hope. He, in fact, is our hope. If you've got a Bible, why don't you open it up now to Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to read um, starting from verse 19, it says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. I love that language, an anchor for the soul. In the midst of this ongoing uncertainty and pressure and grief where it actually feels like my emotions are up here and down here several times a day. If there's any time that we've needed an anchor for the soul, it's now, isn't it? So in the light of this, I want to look at today, what is our hope in the context of faith? What is our hope? And then I want to look at how can we practically dig wells of hope in our lives? So why don't we just start off then with looking at well, what is hope? Let's look at it again. In the context of the Bible, hope is confident anticipation. Confident anticipation. It is based in what God himself has said and done. We are invited to be absolutely confident in it. There is no maybe about it. This is not a shaky hope. The Bible says in Hebrews that faith is being confident of what we hope for despite what we see. So it is really important, isn't it, right now to know what are we called to be confident in? 
So I'm just going to say a few things. This might be really old news to you, or you might be new to faith, and this is the first time you've heard it. So get ready for this. It's good news. We are confident that Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, has made it possible to go behind that curtain, as it says in that verse in Hebrews, into the very presence of God, to have intimate relationship with our creator, to experience the love of our father, who is the source of all joy, life, and freedom, the way it was always meant to be. We have confidence that Jesus has defeated all sin, death, and darkness forever. And this present suffering is not the end of our story. We anticipate that we will see his kingdom come on earth as Jesus makes all things new and we will get to partner with him in that work. We have confidence that Jesus has not left us alone but has given us his promised Holy Spirit and we anticipate that he will continue to pour out his spirit on us in these days to fill us with power, with his love, to guide and comfort us and to, to equip us to do his work. We anticipate that one day Jesus will come again to this earth, just as he said he would, that everything will be put right. There will be no more tears or crying or pain, that suffering and death will be done away with for good and heaven and earth will become fully one again. There are so many more promises in the Bible. There are so many promises found in Jesus. So if you're new to this, go and have a read of this Bible. Also, maybe sign up for the Alpha course. All the details are online. But these promises are not limited by time or circumstances. They are for us today. We should expect to see all the good, all the things that God has spoken and promised through his word as we trust in him. So that's what we're called to be confident in, guys. The second thing about hope is that it is expansive and outward looking. It is not narrow and self-focused. It is so much bigger than things going right in our lives and us getting what we want. That's not nice to hear, is it? But this year, guys, my world became really narrow as it did for all of us and a little bit like Groundhog Day and we're still in that. The, the days just blend into one, don't they? But I realised that as my world became narrow, my hopes and my dreams started to become a bit narrow and quite honestly became focused on myself and getting my needs met. Let me stress, God really does care about us individually that is in the Bible. He is a good father. But our culture's obsession with individualism, our personal right to comfort, to satisfaction, to prosperity and success is not God's kingdom vision. His kingdom is about so much more than us individually getting through life as comfortably as possible and retiring in a nice house one day. And when we are part of the body of Christ, it's not just about me and my hope. It's about us and our hope. We are meant to have the, the kind, be so full of love that we are ready to lay down our lives for others. It is others focused. 
It's an overflow of the love that he's lavished on us. Our hope looks outwards to those who don't yet know him, to a world that is in pain, to a people that are oppressed. When God's hope burns in us, it looks outwards. We are invited into a hope for God's world, just like Pete was was praying before, that is wild and expansive and captivates our hearts and imaginations. Hope that thrives in the impossible and grows brighter in the darkness. The third thing, hope is focused on the eternal. So again, over the past year, in the midst of all this uncertainty, I've noticed that I so often focus on the things and the events in this world around me to tell me if there is a reason to hope, such as scientists finding a vaccine, better government decisions, whether I'm able to go home and see my family in Australia, when when will that be? Um, Whether we're able to gather and meet together as a church. We can spend hours reading news, getting more information from friends, focusing on this stuff as if it will give us more control and something solid to hold on to. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to focus on the eternal primarily, the eternal reality more than the the things that we see. And Jesus, our living hope, is on the throne and it is to him that we look, in him we trust, in him, on him we build our lives. It is through him that we can say, it is well with my soul in the darkest of times, because he is alive. He is at work in our midst, despite what we're seeing around us, and his spirit is with us. He has never left. And what we are going through right now is temporary, but his kingdom is eternal. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So that's hope. That's our hope. Now we're going to move on to, well, what does that mean? How do we practically dig these wells of hope in our lives? And this, guys, is where I'm going to use a prop as a visual. Yes, you heard me, a prop. They are not just for kids' sermons. Here we go. We use perseverance. This is a spade of perseverance. You might say that is not a spade, it's a trowel, and you would be correct, but let's use our imaginations. We dig these wells of hope through perseverance. And yes, I am going to hold this for a moment longer. In Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 5, verse 3, it says, we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Guys, this is such good news. If you've been experiencing any form of suffering, I do feel ridiculous holding this, but I'm going to continue. If you've been experiencing any form of suffering, whether it's disappointment, loneliness, 
sickness, mental health issues, trauma, grief, the list goes on. You are now being given ample opportunity to learn to persevere, which will build character and lead to hope. How do I persevere, you may ask? Well, I'm going to give you five things to persevere with to dig into. I am going to put it down because I'm actually distracting myself. But I think you've got the visual. <laughs> All right. This is what I'm inviting you to dig into in the midst of this suffering. Number one, meditate on what God has said and done. Read scripture. We need it. We're desperate for it, guys. Memorize it. Recite it. Marinate in it. Absorb it into your soul. Absorb his promises. This is quite unlike me, but recently I was having, I, I decided to try to memorize scripture and it actually really helped. I was having a really flat few days and I just thought, right, Psalm 23, that's the one I'm closest to knowing off by heart. And I just spent the day just kind of saying it over myself, just speaking it out loud. And um, it just shifted, it did something in me. I'm not going to say, oh, and then I was suddenly filled with joy, but it did, it, it did something really good in my soul. We've just been talking about bread. I'd really invite you, come on that journey with us. Go onto the website, download that PDF. I got confused and thought that it was on another app, but it's all on that PDF journal, guys, which verses to read. So, so do that. Um, go back over his words to you personally in your prayer times. Maybe what you've written down in the past in your journal. Maybe prophetic words that other people have had for you. Go back over it, not just for you, but even us as a church. Recently, I actually um, just decided to re-listen to a recording of a prophetic word. It was actually over me personally from just January this year. January this year feels like five years ago, doesn't it? Crazy. But I was, as I was listening to it, it was like a bucket of cold water in my face. It was like I just woke up and I just remembered, oh yeah, that is still God's word over me. Those promises are still true. No matter what I'm seeing, it was like coming out of a fog. So I just invite you to do that. And, and we really need to hear from God as a church as well. It reminds us of who God is, who and who we are. So the second one, so that's the first one. The second one, make space to be with Jesus. We need to switch off. We need to switch off. We need to turn off the device. I'm preaching to myself, guys. I've become so attached to my phone. It's ridiculous. Um, and you will have with withdrawals, turning it off. But it is essential to disconnect from this constant stream of news, of WhatsApp, of social media, of online shopping. That's become a problem for me. To make, to make space to listen to the Holy Spirit. Just to be in his presence. Just to bring your full self and be in the quiet and dare to face the stuff that will emerge in you. There will be anxiety that comes up. There will be pain that comes up. But it's him. It's him. He's our hope. He can handle it. This is how we get his love poured into our hearts again so that we're overflowing. By spending time with him, worshipping him, listening to him and encountering his spirit. But we need to make the space. And again, we need to hear the voice of the Father right now, don't we? Not just as individuals, but as a church. And I'm really inviting you guys 
Can you listen to the Father for us as a church? Can you write down what he's saying and can you send it into us? Because we need us all as a body to be listening to the voice of the Father right now. It's not just a few of us as leaders. We don't have the big game plan. God speaks to us all, for us all as a body. So that's the second one, make space to be with Jesus. Third one, surrender. If you're anything like me and you have found that your dreams have become a bit small and a bit self-focused, it's time to surrender them to God. Ask him to expand your dreams. Ask him to replace them with his bigger ones. It might even be that he's asking you to, to give up some of those dreams. A clue that they are his kingdom ideas is that they will be expansive. They won't be able to happen without him. And they are, they are focused on others. They're outward. They will have that element to them. Again, I'm not saying God doesn't care about our individual struggles. He does. And if you've got daily worries, this is the time to surrender those to him again. But it's got to be his dreams. Number four, be with others. You might say, Kath, you realise what's going on right now. We can't be with others. I know be with others in whatever way you can. So whether that's a, a walk with one other person in your neighbourhood, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a Zoom, a message, be with others. We need each other right now. It is important to not stop gathering as the people of God. But when you get together, when you speak, don't just talk about COVID for an hour or what you're watching on Netflix. That's often what I do. But intentionally meet to pray, to worship and to encourage each other, to look up and out together. Speak hope and life over each other. Prophesy over each other. Encourage each other. Our words have power. They bring life. Some of my most life-giving times lately have been just walking the neighbourhood weekly with a good friend, speaking life over each other and praying for our community, praying for our streets. If you have someone that comes to your mind, maybe that's the Holy Spirit, send a message to them of encouragement, reach out to them, prophesy over them, pray for them, pay attention to that. I would say usually is a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And let's create a culture of encouragement where we don't wait for it to come to us before we step out. Why don't we love others in the way that we long to be loved? I hear a lot and I hear it in myself at the moment where I say, I just don't have capacity. And I hear that and I feel that. But I just want you to know that no one has capacity right now. And it's in his love overflow, flowing through us that we find capacity. His love doesn't run out. So we just obediently love because he's calling us to. So that's the fourth one. And the fifth one is rejoice and be thankful. And again, those words might be a bit jarring in this current context, but it is so important. This is a weapon to go after joy and to be thankful thankful every day, to look for signs of goodness, signs of the things that God has done, signs of beauty, reflect on the way that God has provided over this last year, the way that he has been present. This shifts our attention to Jesus and his 
kingdom. It is really tempting, isn't it, to look back on 2020 and just say, where was God? This 2020 was just on pause and God wasn't doing anything. I just want to call that out as a big fat lie. It's actually a lie. I think it's, I see what that's what the enemy is trying to tell us at the moment, that there is nothing to be joyful about or thankful for over this past year, that God was silent, that he wasn't moving and nothing could be further from the truth. Yes, there is real suffering going on right now, but the people of God are called to rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is the kind of hope that made Peter and John, when they were thrown into prison, start praying and worshipping after they'd been beaten up. It's the hope that has caused followers of Jesus for generations to continue to worship in the midst of suffering and trial and persecution, hope that currently sustains the persecuted church all around the world. So, guys, we have an opportunity like no other to grow in hope in these days. And I'm preaching to myself more than anyone. Wouldn't it be amazing if we look back on this time in our lives that we may be currently trying to kind of wish away, but instead say, that's when I persevered in trial. That's when I grew these deep wells of hope that have sustained me for the rest of my life. This, that secure anchor for my soul. I want to finish with this prayer that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, who at the time were under huge amounts of suffering and persecution and oppression. And you might like to just hold out your hands in an active posture of receiving, because this is going to be a prophetic word over you as you take hold of it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 